0: And thank you for joining me for Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And today, it is a basketball-focused episode talking men's basketball. Fran McCaffrey and his team have started out 4-0. and And I want to talk about that as well as what is coming up and a really challenging schedule that the Hawkeyes have. I love it. I love it that they're not backing down, and Fran McCaffrey is, is scheduling really difficult opponents this season. You can tell that he has a lot of confidence that this is going to be a good team and that they can handle it early on in the year. And before I get to that, I do want to talk about the four basketball recruits that the Hawkeyes coming in, have coming in in the 2023 class. Well, initially, the Hawkeyes signed three guys, and now a fourth has signed. So it really looks like a nice class for Fran McCaffrey. 24-7 sports has it. At ranked as the 48th class in the nation, so not overwhelmingly good there, but I'm hoping this is another case of Fran McCaffrey and his staff finding guys who fit the system. You know, they can develop into really solid players, and maybe more like they have with guys like Aaron White, Devin Marble, the Murray brothers, Luca Garza. I'd throw Tony Perkins in that category. He's a he's a terrific player. He was pretty lightly recruited. I mean, I could go on and on and on about the guys that you know weren't really high level recruits that that the Fran McCaffrey and his staff have brought in that have turned into just really good players. Let's start in the Des Moines metro area Price Sanford he's a six seven guard forward he's ranked 19th at his position in the class a four star by 24-7. He signed and will join his brother in Iowa City but you know, of course, that's Peyton. He's the sophomore this year, so they'll have two years to play together. But he really talked about how he wasn't concerned with going to Iowa because his brother did or just to play with his brother. He wanted to find what was going to be the right fit for him, and he ended up falling in love with Fran McCaffrey's system. You hear that over and over again, these kids that, that come to Iowa, Fran's system that just gives them so much freedom where they just run up and down. They have the green light to shoot. He wants guys that are 6'8, 6'7, 6'9 to be handling the ball and doing all kinds of things out on the court. Uh, You know, he's similar to his brother in some ways. They're both really good three point shooters, but what you hear about him is that he's quite a bit more advanced at this point. You know, for a high school kid, Price can run the break really well, he can finish around the rim, he has some pretty impressive dunks in games in fast breaks and things like that. So he's more than just a, a three point shooter, but he does that with really high accuracy as Peyton did in high school. And Peyton is kind of taking that step up this year. It sounds like if you hear the players and the coaches talk about him, he's he's adding more and more to his game than just being a three point threat. You know, last year he did some nice rebounding and got some putbacks and things like that. But they say he's adding some other things into his arsenal this year. And Price's game looks more refined than Peyton's, so it's going to be interesting to see how many minutes he can get next season. Next up is Owen Freeman. He transferred to Moline. He's now playing with point guard Brock Harding, who's also coming to the Hawkeyes. And Owen is a three-star, ranked 35th at his position per 24-7 sports. I really love watching his video. He's a 6'10 guy. He can shoot from outside, but mostly what you're seeing on video is him running the floor, dunking on guys, uh, making inside moves on guys and scoring. So I really like his game. I'm hoping that he can come right in and get some quality minutes next year. The Hawkeyes are going to need it with Chris Murray and Phillip Just This is their final year with the Hawkeyes. They're both going to be gone. I mean, Chris is going to go to the NBA. Phillip's going to go somewhere. Uh, And make some money as well. So, you know, we're gonna have to see how he's gonna pan out and how early he's gonna pan out against a much higher level of competition. But as I mentioned, I'm I'm really impressed with his offensive game at the high school level. Well, his teammate Brock Harding is a point guard from Moline, three stars, 21st point guard in the class. But you know, again, he he's a guy you watch his film and can see why Fran McCaffrey offered him. He really runs the offense well he's quick he can handle he can really handle the basketball i mean he's a super dribbler uh, he he's making moves on guys all over the place he's spinning spinning and and making really nice passes. The biggest knock on him other than his size you know he's he's a pretty little guy he's maybe six feet tall maybe maybe just on his tiptoes a little bit he's six feet tall pretty skinny guy but He's a tireless worker, and his shooting wasn't great from the outside, and he has become a really good three-point shooter. And he's just a fearless player out there, a lot of confidence. And another guy that I think, you know, he's not going to back down to competition when he gets to college and in the Big Ten. It may take a year or two for him to get accustomed to that level of play, but I really think he can do it. He had a lot of you know, lower-level offers, not to the you know, Big Ten level, but there were Big Ten schools looking at him hard, and other schools, you know, a lot of D one schools that they just had a lot of interest in him. Nobody pulled the trigger. And when Fran McCaffrey finally did, he said, "That's where I want to be. I'm going to be a Hawkeye." So, I'm really excited about Brock Harding. He brings a little bit something different than than we've had, I think, for a while at least. Maybe more of a Ryan Luresman as far as his quickness. Um. Oh gosh, I had another one. In my mind that I was thinking of that I just I just can't think of it right now. But but he's really quick, and, and watching him spin and make beautiful bounce passes and drive to the lane and kick it out to the perimeter on his high school tape is a lot of fun. Well, the fourth commitment is a kid from New Jersey, St. Benedict Prep, and he plays really good competition in high school. He's a three-star on 24-7 sports, 34th-ranked player in his position. Rivals does have him as a four-star and he's 6'8", 230 hundred and thirty pound forward, Laji Dembele. and I'm not sure if you pronounce if I pronounce that right, but you know, don't know much about him at this point. He was a late signee. I, I wasn't. He wasn't on my radar, and you know, so I do want to mention he had offers from DePaul, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, Rutgers, and and so those are pretty good programs. He's a great rebounder. Uh, he had, gosh, what did I read? Something like four, five, six games in a row, something like that, with 15-plus rebounds last year. Uh, he can shoot from three. He can run the court. So I can see him early on being a good defender and rebounder, hopefully growing into a complete complete player and being a stretch four that can, can shoot, pass, rebound, do all the things that Fran McCaffrey wants his, his stretch fours to do. Well, the only question left is are the Hawkeyes done or will they hit the transfer portal for one more guy? And I think the Hawkeyes may look for one experienced senior, junior, prior to next season from the transfer portal. They're going to have a really young team next year. And the Hawkeyes only have 11 scholarship players this year. Connor McCaffrey's moving on. Philip Abracha is moving on. Chris Murray, I believe, is going to be a first-round draft pick, at least if he keeps playing the way he has been. So they do have room to pick up one player in the portal. Will it be a big guy? You know, Riley Mulvey, You know, what do they think of him? Is he going to pan out? Are they going to keep working him? Is he going to – I mean, they're going to obviously keep working him, but is he going to get to where he needs to be to play 15, 20 minutes per game when they need him to against a big guy? Josh Agundale, he's a junior now. You know, they're going to lean on him a lot this year to play against teams with a true center. Is he the answer there? It – it doesn't seem like it at this point, but, but let's just hope that he can continue to develop, get in a little better game shape. And then there is also Amarian Nimmers. Nimmers, He's redshirting this year, and uh, looking forward to see what he can do. He's a really athletic player, a uh, high flyer, dunker, jumper. So a- as a guard, it'd be interesting to see him, uh, if he can develop his game more and, and get into the lineup a little bit next season. Let's talk about the season so far. It has been a lot of fun, especially the big win over Seton Hall on the road. But before that, there was a win over Bethune-Cookman, and then 112 points that the Hawkeyes hung. A North Carolina A&T, 112-71. Two great games to start the season as far as getting all of your players in there. All of the reserves got to play in those two games against A&T. Chris Murray had 22 points, 8 boards. Patrick McCaffrey, 21 points. Peyton Sanford, 17. Philip Robacha, 12. Perkins just had six points in that game, but he only played 20 minutes, and he had six assists as well. And then against Seton Hall, Fran really tightened up the rotation, which it made a lot of sense. It was an early season, tough road game, eight, and the Hawkeyes won 83-67. to Big early season win for the Hawkeyes. Only eight guys played kind of in crunch time for that game. The two... True freshman did play, you know, once the game was basically over. But that was understandable, considering the tough environment there. Third game of the year on the road, and France stuck with his veteran players. Chris Murray was just fantastic in that game. Twenty nine points, eleven rebounds. Perkins, he played a heck of a game. Eighteen points, five assists, and Rabacho had a double double. Ten points, eleven rebounds. McCaffrey had eleven points, five boards. And Peyton Sanford, he's been struggling the last couple of games. He only had two points, two rebounds in 19 minutes. Aaron Euliss, Connor McCaffrey came off the bench and played really well. Each played over 20 minutes. Euliss with eight points, two assists, and Connor with five points. So Hawkeyes really do have a very solid eight-man rotation, and that's what I learned in this game. And the depth is kind of a work in progress, but I feel like that depth will continue to build as the season goes on with Bowen and Dix, the true freshman, both really capable players, and they're gonna to continue to get better. They're gonna get more and more comfortable playing at this level. And I think that the Hawkeyes have a really good starting five. An elite offense for the starting five. And the competition coming up will help us verify this. But I am a bit concerned with the depth, especially at this stage in the season. And Tony Perkins didn't play against Omaha, which was another, you know, another great game as far as an opportunity for the Hawkeyes to get Some early playing time for the reserves, the young guys. Chris Murray, he was the story of this game. You know, we're getting close to asking if Chris Murray is already is he better than Keegan Murray last year, and is he going to lead the Big Ten in scoring? Is he going to be the Player of the Year, the Big Ten? It's too early to tell, but he has just been phenomenal in the early going. Murray was 11 of 13 shooting in the first half. He had 25 points, and the Hawkeyes scored 49 so he had over half of the Hawkeyes' points in that first half. He could have scored 40-plus points if they would have let him play more, but there was no need with the Hawkeyes building a big lead. And against Omaha, the Hawkeyes broke the century mark for the second time this season. It was 100-64, to and I'm telling you, this team is just fun to watch. 55% shooting from the field, 46% from three, and Murray – Ended up finishing with 30 points. He was four of six from three. His shot just looked so smooth from three, high arcing, and just splash in the middle of the net. And, you know, Patrick McCaffrey, 16 points for Braccia and Sanford, each with eight. Eulis made his first career start with Tony out. And I believe he had seven points, four assists. And I, I do like his game. You know, I like uh what Eulis brings. He was two of four from three, which was really good to see. Connor McCaffrey, 12 points, and, and Connor McCaffrey, you know, it started about midway through last season. His shooting has just changed his confidence level. He is shooting the ball so well. And if he keeps this up, it is just going to be huge for this team this year. Josh Dix, he struggled early on. You know, he hadn't played in so long because he, he broke his leg, broke a couple of bones in his leg in his high school senior season, and he hit three threes in this game three of four so he's starting to settle in and he looks like he has a really good stroke good minutes for DeSante Bowen as well with seven points and three assists and my biggest concern right now is the injury to Tony Perkins I'm not sure how serious it is it doesn't sound like it is but it sounded like he had quite a bit of discomfort the other night in his leg and if he can't play the next couple of weeks or the next week it's gonna be quite a challenge for the Hawkeyes it it already is a challenge they have a Game Friday at six, by the way, so you can flip right from the Iowa Nebraska football game over the Iowa Clemson basketball game and the Emerald Coast Classic in Florida, and then hopefully the Hawkeyes will advance from there to play TCU. And I say that because TCU is playing Cal, who just lost to Southern seventy four to sixty six. I mean, they should be beating Southern by twenty or thirty points, but Cal is zero and five on the season, just unbelievable. Not sure who their coach is, but he's not gonna be there much longer. Clemson, meanwhile, is four and one, and they have just a two point loss to South Carolina so far this season. So the Hawkeyes play on Friday, but getting back to Tony, to me, he's the second most important player on this team. You know, the first, of course, being Chris Murray. He's gonna be the go to guy this season. But Perkins looked so good late last season, and he's been just really solid on the early going of this season. He can play D. He gets into the passing lanes, he has long arms and he can turn steals into points. He can run in transition, he can finish around the rim. He can drive and dish, he can drive and, and get buckets. He's, he's been, you know, this year he's he's playing point guard and he's really distributing the ball well. But he's also knocking down threes and he's struggled quite a bit last year early on in the season and then towards the end he started knocking down some threes that was really good to see and it looked like he's worked on that so much and And i think he's going to be a good outside shooter as well so i'm really hoping he'll be back to full speed soon and he can get back to running the offense without perkins fran has gone to ulis at the point and i do like his game i like him off the bench more for like 15 20 minutes um but you know, he'll do well as the starter, just not quite the same impact to the game that Perkins can have. And the true freshmen are going to really have to step up if Perkins is out. Dix and Bowen are going to have to be ready to play in some really tough games. So hopefully he's back. He may play on Friday, I'm not sure. Uh, Perkins is becoming a favorite of mine. I really like his game. Love his enthusiasm. The way he he'll, he's just fearless and go in and dunk the ball. And you know we haven't had a guard like him in quite some time. And I was thinking about that I'm gonna to have to do some more thinking, kind of, you know, who does he remind me of? A former Hawkeye uh, guard that we've had in the past, and and maybe there isn't one, but I really liking his game. So hopefully the Hawkeyes beat Clemson, then beat TCU. That'll be a tough game, you know, Big Twelve team. Jamie Dixon, the head coach, then the Hawkeyes host Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech doesn't look too good on the season, but, you know, tough conference and everything. It's it's gonna be a it's no cupcake for sure. So. um And then they get a week off before facing number 8 Duke at Madison Square Garden. And it seems hard to believe, but the Hawkeyes are going to play at Madison Square Garden on a Tuesday. then two days later, they're going to host Iowa State and play a Thursday game against the Cyclones. And then three days later, they play Wisconsin. So it's just one big game after the next. So we're going to know a lot about this team in the span of a week. Two weeks for sure. So, let's all be thinking of Tony, and hopefully, he will be back soon. Hopefully, he's just a minor, minor little ding, and he'll be back in there soon. But hey, if you aren't watching Hawkeye basketball, I strongly encourage you to start the you know the last half of the season last year, the run in the Big Ten tournament, the championship for the Hawkeyes, which is so much fun. A little disappointed, obviously, in the NCAA tournament. We're hoping that this team can at least get to the Get past that first weekend uh, in the NCAA tournament this year, but I do think you know this should be a a tournament team for sure, and a really fun team to watch. Chris Murray and that whole starting five is just a lot of fun to watch. So, how about the Hawkeyes get two wins on Friday—one over the Huskers in Kinnick Stadium, and then one down south at the Emerald Coast against the Clemson Tigers. Well, happy Thanksgiving again, everybody. And go Hawks!